Hello and welcome back to the Jet Press Podcast. My name is Justin Freed. That's Mike Luciano. We're going to talk about the Jets. I don't want to. I really don't. Like, I don't care. I, I honestly don't care. Trevor Simeon played today. That's cool, man. Like, I'm happy that happened. Jets lost 13-8. Not much else to say. Mike, how you doing today, buddy? What's going on? <laughs> uh, I've, we try so hard to analyze and give you takes and, and do all this. Like, how can you have a take about this game? Because I'm not even kidding. This is probably what? How many games they played here? This is now 12. Yeah. This exact still- script. It's happened in what six of them? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and every time it just gets worse. This time it was the worst because I think Atlanta, maybe the Raiders was the worst prime time, but Atlanta first of the division that is such a beatable opponent. And the defense, oh my god, with They're all great. the penalties. And look, I don't want to say oh the ref officiating. Both sides horribly officiating. Horrible, game. horrible, horribly so officiating bad. game. Falcons fans have, are just as mad as Jets fans. They have every right to be. Yep. Horribly officiated game. Even with all the penalties on that defense, 13 points, and I think two of their scoring drives were short field ones. Like the touchdown throw that Ritter had, one of the field goals. I mean, you can't say enough good things about this defense. No, you can't. And yet here we are talking about another Jets loss. I mean, we, I guess we'll talk some quarterbacks. But first, let's get the housekeeping out of the way. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Overcast, wherever it may be you get your podcasts. or on all those sites. YouTube and TikTok at the Jet Press for both of them. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give the stream a like too. If you like the stream, make sure to also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast, just because it helps us like get up the review charts. It's not for ego reasons, we swear. And Justin, like I, I guess we could talk about the quarterbacks in sort of a chronological matter, kind of how this game sure. went down. Because actually, I don't know if this take will get me banned from Jets Twitter or not, but I legitimately, no joke. Thought in the first half specifically, Nathaniel Hackett called a very good game. Yeah. I thought there were receivers. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic or like a Jets guy here. Garrett Wilson literally is open like 85% of the time. Yep. And, and they're doubling him and they're bracketing him and AJ Terrell. And they still could not stop him from getting open. And yet it, you, you would think maybe I'm dumb guy here. Maybe I'm a dummy. You would think that with a quarterback who obviously stinks – you would think, all right, if your first guy's open, look for Garrett Wilson or have Garrett be the first guy every time. I can, I've never seen a guy be this consistently open in a game for an entire game and have nobody throw to him this much. It, it was shocking. It was mind-boggling. And then he finally does throw it to him, Boyle does, in the third quarter. It's this floaty, under-air thing. I mean, you talk about some quarterbacks don't know when to have touch. Tim Boyle has too much touch. I feel like he never throws the ball hard. Everything floats up there. I think at least we've been saying Tim Boyle is not an NFL quarterback, not an NFL quarterback. I mean, this this confirms. Yeah. Yeah, and we always talk about how we hate how the Jets say, well, the we just got to execute better. Like, legitimately, this time they had to execute better because guys were actually open against the beatable Falcons team and just over and over and over and over and over again. Tim Boyle just misses him. They bring Simeon in, thank God, finally. Now, granted, he didn't play particularly well, but also coming off the bench against actually a defense that, like, I actually do like a lot of their personnel. I With Grady Jarrett, I think it would have been better. But Atlanta is definitely not like a like an also-ran defense. They have guys there. Jesse Bates, as he's shown, is extremely good. And then he didn't do much of anything. A tough situation. Like, th- this is the bottom of the barrel. This is rock bottom. 
Like, is it I've seen a lot is of it? bad quarterbacks here, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Boyle, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here because we're on a stream and all that. He might be the worst. I think he's the worst. If, yeah, if, if you're saying rock bottom is like Tim Boyle at quarterback, that I might agree with. I am not sure I've seen a quarterback start a game for the Jets in my lifetime who is worse than Tim Boyle. I think he's worse than Bryce Petty. I, I, Petty was probably the worst before that. Obviously, Christian Hackamer, we never even played in a game, so he probably was worse. But Bryce he didn't, Petty he had a better play. arm by a lot than Tim Boyle. I, and the thing with Boyle, I feel like Boyle has a strong arm. That doesn't mean he has arm talent, but he has a strong arm. Like he can chuck that thing, but he just refuses to do it. He's Derek Carr on steroids. He's like Derek Carr times a thousand with the checkdowns. Like he just refuses to throw it down the field. He refuses to take any shots. And I agree with you, Mike. I think Nathaniel Hackett was fine in this game. Like it's not going to change my overall opinion on him as an, as an offensive coordinator or as a play caller. I don't think he is a good or competent offensive play caller, but there were so many plays where Garrett Wilson was streaming wide open, like streaking wide open, like wide open. We're talking, especially when AJ Terrell, who is one of the better cornerbacks in football went out with the injury and he was getting open almost every play. And I don't know how much of that was Hackett, how much of it was just Garrett Wilson being Garrett Wilson, but they, they just didn't throw to him. Like by they, I mean, Tim Boyle just was not throwing to him, was not taking the shots. He's bad. Like he's awful. He's unplayable. I, there's not, we don't need to analyze Tim Boyle. He's not an NFL caliber quarterback. He should not even be the backup next week. Uh, moving forward. If we're, you know, if we're going to talk about what Trevor Simeon, like right now, I would like Trevor Simeon to be the starting quarterback next week. Give him a chance. I think he deserves it based on his track record alone. I don't think he was particularly good in this game, but I also think that he was put in a poor situation, just like Zach Wilson has been for weeks. And look, if Zach Wilson can get a million excuses for why he played poorly, maybe Trevor Simeon can get one. That's all I'm saying. Maybe maybe the Zach Wilson fans out there can give Trevor Simeon one excuse that he was put in behind an O-line that forgot how to play football in the fourth quarter, specifically on that last drive. It was really, really bad. And considering the guy basically has had no reps all season, he hasn't played since the summer, he was given one week of backup quarterback reps. One week. So the guy hasn't even been playing at practice. He's been playing he a couple throws. Week. And he did make a couple of throws. Obviously, he was bad. He was trying to do too much. He looked skittish in the pocket. Like he was, he was bad. I'm not going to say that he was, he played well at all, but I'd say maybe give him a shot, a shot to start a quarterback next week. That's what the Jets should do. I'd like to see Zach Wilson as your backup. Tim Boyle should not be anywhere near a football field. They're going to keep him on the roster because he's basically a QB coach. That's essentially what his job is on this roster. He should not have played two consecutive games. That should not have happened, but. I even doubt the quarterback coaching because, like, we'll get to some of your comments pretty soon. But, yes. like, literally the entire reason that Tim Boyle is where he is, like, on a roster, because it's certainly not physical talent. It's not arm talent. It's not a pedigree. It's not just raw athleticism. Like, there's – as a football player, there's nothing. So it has to be he, – he has to be just this savant, right, sure. who just understands football and gets it. He looks as bad reading the field as Wilson. I know. Like, it's one thing, Zach Wilson just, you remember in Madden when they had that vision cone and Peyton yeah. Manning could, like, see the whole field and Michael Vick can only see, like, one area of it, like, one yeah. guy? That Zach Wilson has, like, a hair-thin, razor-thin uh, razor vision cone. Like, he just can't, he just can't swivel his head around. Tim Boyle does. Like, there are times, like, we say he wasn't throwing to Garrett Wilson. He literally was looking at Garrett Wilson, open, yeah. and he was throwing to Conklin, who was covered. Yep. So I don't even know if, th if that's why he's there. Because apparently if he's like the savant quarterback coach, that would tell you to get the ball out. And the, it just stinks too because there's two extremes that the Jets have on the roster. There's 
the the upside guy Wilson, who's yeah. gonna his lows are gonna be lower, but the highs will be higher, or the finished product, quote unquote, in Simeon, like the who knows his offense, yeah. he can get the ball out quick, he's been around. And for weeks now, they've gone with the guy who does neither of that. Boyle. There's there you gain nothing from starting Tim Boyle. Like he has no strengths. There are zero strengths to his game. He's got to be like the coolest guy ever to hang out with. Because I, I mean, guess geez. I don't know. I mean, as uh, as Brian and Chad said, what he said. He said you could be Tim Boyle if you were friends with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like like Tim Boyle was a bad college quarterback. Not just bad, like really, really, really bad. Like a very, very bad college quarterback. Like genuinely. Probably, I mean, I think I, I think there were some stats on Twitter this week. I honestly forget because I don't care. But there were like all blurs together in this miasma of random numbers. I swear I saw some stats this week that showed how poorly Tim Boyle ranked amongst all quarterbacks to play in the FBS over the last like three decades. He's one of the worst, and 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 what maybe like the top two percent, one percent of FBS quarterbacks even make it to the NFL to play in a game. Tim Boyle's probably in the in the 80th percentile of garbage. Like he's he's playing in the NFL. How is that even possible? Well, people go, well, he's Aaron Rodgers' friend. Three other teams yeah. signed him. The Lions and the Bears didn't have Aaron Rodgers. I knew Getsy they had him there, but like a quarter of the league has said, we believe Tim Boyle is a valuable enough quarterback to have on our team. How? How, how, how? I, I don't know, man. We got we got Ramon in chat. And I'm going to agree and disagree here. He said, O-line was okay today. I actually agree for part of that. I don't think they were a problem for a significant portion of the game. They just kind of fell apart late. Uh, but he said the problem was Hackett. I don't think Hackett was the problem today. I do think overall that Daniel Hackett is a significant problem. And if you had to rank the issues with the Jets offense, I would still probably start with Nathaniel Hackett. But they did not have a quarterback. And they still don't have a quarterback. And they won't have a quarterback for the remainder of the season. As much as we're screaming for Trevor Simeon, he's still not good. And none of, neither of us have claimed he's good. Trevor Simeon, at what he has going for him, Trevor Simeon has a track record of at least being a competent NFL backup quarterback. That's his track record. Now, that track record wasn't this past year. It wasn't this past summer. It was at least a few years ago. So who knows if he is still that player? And also, he's in a horrific situation. But I would at least say give him a shot because he has that track record. Like you said, Mike, he's a proven commodity. He's well, I don't even want to use the word reliable because he's not, but I don't think the lows will be quite as low as they are with Zach Wilson. So you at least have that going for you. So I'd give him a shot. But at this point, you're four and eight anyway. Does it really matter who they play at quarterback? Does it really matter for the remaining six games of the season or five games of the season if they're starting Zach Wilson, if they're starting Trevor Simeon? Neither of them should be the backup quarterback next season either way. So I don't care. Like, I, I, I genuinely don't care. I want a top five pick. That's what I want. For now, the third year in a row, the Jets are not going to have a quarterback throw 10 touchdown passes, third year in a row, and the third year in a row, they're going to have played four quarterbacks. So for yeah. all you have Sala guys, like can Sala actually, number one, get a real quarterback, and number two, get a real quarterback who plays for a little bit? Let's get to some comments really quick. Uh, well, let's start back near the top. Tony Esposito, well, how about Brees' block on the second to last play? The team has no awareness or fundamentals. I love Brees, but his pass blocking is horrible. Brees has been awful. Yeah, he's not been great. He and you know what? I could see we we were talking about solid with the whole grimy yards thing. I mean, earlier in the game, there was a second and one right up the middle. He bounces it outside, loses two yards. Like I, yep. I can see why that would piss guys off. I immediately tweeted out after that play. I'm like, Solid's about to bench Brees for that run. <laughs> like, I knew that's exactly what Solid was talking about. I, I, I get it. 
again, Brees is pressing. He's trying to do, he's trying to win the game every time he touches the ball. I understand that. But right now, Dalvin Cook looks like the best running back on the Jets roster, at least the last couple of weeks. And I, I look, I, I've been a Dalvin hater since literally day one, before, even before he signed with the Jets. But I I would I would say that he should I don't want to I don't know if he should be the primary running back, but I'm fine with a 50-50 split. Because he I, fumbled yeah. today too. So and he's not he even- did, and that's Dalvin. That's Dalvin. He's done that throughout his career. But at least you see the upside with him right now. At least he was making some stuff happen. Ryan Gallagher, you say depressing new lows. If the Jets can't get lower, they will just wait. Oh, believe will. me, we know. They probably will. They probably <laughs> this ain't our this ain't our first rodeo here. I feel it with like what makes this worse is it's not like it's not even like the offense is bad because of just ridiculous turnovers and hilarious. Like they're just pathetic. They can't do anything. They're entirely incompetent. The Jets have still not scored a non-garbage time offensive touchdown since week eight. We're going into week 14. That's like a month and a half. <laughs> and That's we're still we're, we're further away from the answer of what the problem is because everything's zero, the problem. I have zero confidence. They could even come close to doing it next week. Like the schedule doesn't get easier to play the Texans and Dolphins in back-to-back weeks. This was this was their winnable game. I mean, sure, the Commanders in a few weeks on Christmas Eve. And which, then they get Cleveland and New England, who are still New England's defense has allowed forty-six points in four games. I'm about to be the biggest Patriots fan in that game, and I'm gonna feel so dirty. I'm gonna feel really dirty doing it, but I'm gonna be rooting. I'm uh, barring any miracles happening over the next couple of weeks. Jets fans will probably be rooting for the Patriots in that game, which unfortunately means the Jets will probably win. Elaine uh, Brandon, we will see Zach Wilson back in next week. I mean, at this rate, it's open tryouts. It's literally yeah. open tryouts. Or just can anything work? I don't think they're gonna go straight to Zach next week. I do think they'll give Simeon a chance. I don't. Salah hasn't said anything yet, right? I don't, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna make a quarterback decision today. That would surprise me. Uh, I haven't seen any quotes, but I haven't been staring at my phone. But I don't think that they're gonna make a quarterback decision today. Uh, I imagine we're going to find out probably tomorrow or something or the next day. My guess is it'll be Simeon, and that's fine. I agree. I think it should be that. But I would not be surprised. Yeah, they said they won't say who the QB is. So Salah has already said that. They they are not making that decision yet. As Robert Salah said, no. we're not there yet, which is exactly what I thought the quote would be. Um, but I, I think it wouldn't be surprising to me if we saw Wilson in a few weeks. Because every time you think Zach Wilson's done, he finds a way back. Jaguars game next last year. I thought that would be it for Zach Wilson. We got another, what, nine, ten starts out of him. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple more down the stretch, but it really doesn't matter. Josh Kerr, Wilson can help us tank. So can the other guys. They all can. I don't like – the Jets aren't trying to tank. They're not. They're just bad. And I don't know – I don't know what games they can win over the final stretch of the season because the – off. like I know – for a while, I've been saying that, like, oh, you, you know, every game the Jets play is kind of a coin flip because you're hoping the defense can get takeaways and turnovers. The offense is worse than it's ever been. It, it, this this is the – I mean, I don't even want to say this game, but the last, like, couple weeks and this this week included is the most pathetic that they've looked. I don't know how they can score points. I, I don't see it. Other than just throwing it to Garrett Wilson, I'm not – this isn't an exaggeration. Give him 25 targets next week. But not even, we're not joking. Yes. I'm not joking. You throw the ball 30 times, 25 of them should go to Garrett Wilson. Three should go to Tyler Conklin, and you can give two to whoever. Xavier Gibson, honestly, shout out Xavier Gibson. Two really, really nice catches today. So I want to see more of Xavier Gibson moving forward. But 20, 25 targets Garrett Wilson next week. I'm, I'm dead serious. Richard Meditz, get an offensive line. He did, and everybody got hurt. He did, and then everybody yeah, got Meditz. hurt. I don't even want to say he did because there were genuine question marks about the offensive line going into the season. And this is the product of an offensive line that was already, you know, shaky to begin with. There were already some questions and then everyone got hurt. 
Ed Gumbrecht with a really long comment I want to kind of get into a little bit because he's touching on a lot of points. So we're going to go piece by piece here. Uh, management needs to be fired with staff. Uh, give <laughs> the coordinator, that's Ulbrich, the rest of the season. Well, that's not going to change anything right there. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you give Ulbrich the rest of the season. Yeah, Ulbrich is going to leave anyway. Sal is going to leave anyway. The defense won't be as good. So good there. And then he also says, we'll just keep it off the screen right now, Ed, because it's a little. Yeah, I, I was going to have to sit up yeah. so that you can see my face. A little, little obtrusive because how long the comment is. But he also says, Rodgers needs to play so we can see exactly how bad this mess is and to fix it in the offseason with new management. If you're a free agent, are you considering signing with Joe Douglas? And. Look, like this debate's going to just rage on now just because there's really no other like talking points right now. It's going to be solid Douglas. Like that's part of why we're so apathetic now is because we know that everybody's getting a mulligan and everybody's coming back. But like, again, staff needs to be fired. Like, like, number one, everybody loves the defense, right? Even the solid haters, they love the defense. The defense is not going to be as good if they fire solid, hire an offensive guy and he brings in like – the defensive backs coach for the Seahawks or whoever to be the coordinator, completely unproven, probably going to be another young guy. That's going to lead to some chaos. And yeah, it can change like that in one year. Legitimately, you get the wrong coordinator, hack it Broncos. You literally can wreck a unit like that. So that's number one. Number two, Salah, again, as we've said before, for three years has not had a single NFL court, maybe one Flacco, Probably. I mean, I would say Flacco's an NFL caliber. One and a half, Mike White. He has, he has, he ha, yeah, Mike White's an NFL caliber quarterback too, but I, he hasn't had a starting caliber quarterback. That's exactly. Right. So, like, can we get one of them too? And then number three, Rodgers wants to come back. Like, I think I'm at the point now, because he almost, Ed, it seems like, wants to do it for evaluation purposes. Like, we could see what is a fault of, well, like, what's a structural fault and what's just Hackett or the quarterback situation. And, yeah, but also, are you willing to risk Aaron Rodgers' Achilles again to find those answers out? I'm not. I, I don't see what good firings. I mean, they're not obviously. First of all, they're not going to fire anyone midseason. They're not probably not firing anybody after the season. I definitely don't see, even if that was a possibility, what good firing anybody mid besides Hackett firing Salah midseason. I don't see what that what good that's going to do. I don't. I, it still seems to me that the team responds well to him. They play hard for him. They respect him. They like him. I don't think this, I mean, I, you could pick, you could certainly pick certain things. And I've talked about it many times on the show about how I think the overall game plan of the coaching staff is far too conservative. And I think that's been an issue for Salah throughout his entire career and he's, or throughout his entire head coaching career. That's probably because he has not had a good quarterback at all. But I do think that that's an issue. I don't think that's a reason to fire him. I think Joe Douglas absolutely deserves a lot more blame than Robert Sala for this. If we're saying who deserves to get fired, I wouldn't, I genuinely would not disagree if you said Joe Douglas deserves to get fired because I don't think any team should have like this level of incompetence should not be possible in the NFL. And that goes down to the guy who who created this roster. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers going down sucks. Obviously, your entire offensive line getting injured, that sucks. But no offense should look this incompetent. And that goes to Joe Douglas. But will he be fired? And do I think he should be fired? No, because obviously you're running it back with the same regime and, and Aaron Rodgers next season. But if you're saying who deserves to be fired, Joe Douglas, you could absolutely make an argument for. I don't think Robert Sala deserves to get fired, though. I think he's – I don't want to say I think he's a good coach, but I think he absolutely deserves a chance with an actually competent quarterback and a maybe semi-competent offense, and he has not had that. Because you, you know what's going to happen, right? They're going to do that. He's going to go take the Chargers job. He's going to get Herbert, and then he's going to look like a genius. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell that that's going to happen. Yeah, because he because he's going to have leverage. If he if they fired him, number one, he'd have a defensive coordinator job pretty much wherever he wants. 
because he's proven that much. Or he could say, I'm just going to wait until I get a, a real quarterback, not Zach Wilson, like a real quarterback. We're not drafting a young guy. Give me a proven guy. Herbert's probably going to be that guy if the Chargers fire Staley, which it looks like they are probably going to. And he thrived there. You're telling me that Salah wouldn't win with guys like that? You're telling me Salah wouldn't be winning right now with Aaron Rodgers? Because this is another game with Aaron Rodgers that they would have won. 13 points. And again, like I know Ritter had that one actually really impressive throw to Michael Pruitt for the touchdown. It was actually like a really good throw. But other than that, Bijan Robinson did not have a very good game. That's a good Falcons offensive line. The Jets beat him up. Jermaine Johnson had a hell of a game. My goodness, what a game for him. He's a star. Ritter, Ritter really couldn't get any sustained drives going. As we said, two of the three scoring ones were one was a Dalvin Cook fumble, and there was like a long punt return. And like he didn't, he never drove the length of the field and then like did a dagger touchdown on something like that. That didn't happen. Nope. Defense was amazing again. Yeah, Falcons had, Falcons finished at 194 total yards. They averaged three yards per play, and they averaged 2.6 yards per rush. And that is one of the best running games, run, run rushing offenses in the NFL. So Obviously, all, no so fault. All, let's see, New England, they would have won with Rodgers, yep. definitely. Raiders, they would have won with Rodgers, definitely. Chargers, probably, but like I mean, that was a blowout. But like, it's hard to say. Like that one's tough. So like maybe. So definitely two. Now three, because they would have won this at Rodgers. That's seven wins. You're in the wild card right now, man. So like that that that's the riddle. That's what I have a tough time wrapping my head around is because we know if we get even everything the same, the injuries, the poor perform, everything, Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback right now has three extra wins and they're in the playoffs. So is that worth firing people over? Because if literally if he didn't get hurt. Seven wins in the playoffs. Nobody's even thinking of doing that. Robert Sala's getting a statue built at this point because yeah. he, he's going to be close to ending the playoff curse. I, I so, like, get- I, that's what I'm having trouble reconciling. It's like, all right, yeah, things are going bad. The roster sucks. Sala is not a perfect coach, but he's made some questionable decisions. The quarterbacks are terrible. But literally, if a guy who didn't miss a start in seven years didn't have his leg explode, none of this is happening. None of these discussions are even happening. I want to get to a couple comments and it's going to be both from Ed. So I don't want to, this is not picking on you, Ed. I just happen to disagree with two things you said. Okay. <laughs> so this thing right here, he said, no, no, Aaron Rodgers cannot win with no wide receiver two or wide receiver three either. I don't know if the Jets. Yeah. First of all, have you, you ever watched him in green Bay? He did not have a wide receiver two or three for a he lot of, Lazard. Especially, <laughs> especially the latter half of his, of his career in, in green Bay. He did not have a wide receiver two, or wide receiver three. That being said, uh, I don't think the Jets win a Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers is here, but you cannot say that this offense doesn't look significantly better with him. Obviously, quarterback is not the only issue. Daniel Hackett stinks. The offensive line stinks. Their wide receiver room stinks. hundred percent agree. I think the uh, specifically the running game is bad because the Jets probably have the worst run blocking O line in football right now. I would be surprised if there was a worst run blocking offensive line out there. And again, a lot of that's injuries, but that is the case. But no, I, I refuse to believe that Aaron Rodgers would not be a, a significant upgrade for the Jets at this stage and that they would be winning more games with him. Secondly, uh, you said penalties is coaching. No, this has always been one of my biggest gripes. There is no correlation year to year between teams that get penalized a lot and quote unquote good coaching. Now, that being said, I do think, and I said this before on the show, so long, you know, listeners of the show who've tuned in a lot have probably heard me say this, but Robert Sala, the way that he coaches his defense, they, they, he coaches him to play at 120% at all times, which that's why it's not surprising to me that the Jets end up getting more unnecessary roughness penalties, more rough in the passers, because when they're playing 120%, they're going to they're gonna make plays. They're going to make stupid plays like that. That being said, 
I think that I, I'm fine with the trade-off because look at how great this Jets defense is. And a lot of that is because of the mindset that Salah instills in his players. So I, I would say that, yeah, part of the defensive penalty issues, I think, are on Salah. But no, I don't – if you're getting, you know, Carter Warren, false start. Joe Tittman, false start. Mekhi Becton, false start. No, that's that's not Robert Salah. Salah has no control over that. That's the players messing up. Like, that's, that's what that is. If you want to blame any coach, blame Keith Carter. Blame the offensive line coach. Blame Nathaniel Hackett. Blame the offensive coordinator. Salah, what is Salah, Salah supposed to do? Don't don't get a false start? What, what, what can he do in that situation? What are Salah and Hackett supposed to do? Physically go out there and quantum leap into Tim Boyle's body and make him throw it? Like, there's only so idea. much in the moment, you know, some of these coaches can do. Yeah, I, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, just a few more chats here. Steve, Steven, I, I know that's our, our resident UK viewer. So checking in from across the pond. Thankfully, Dude, for you, you got to get better things to do with your Sundays. Th- thankfully, this was a one o'clock game. So that's better for you. It's better for all of us. You should be able to actually go to sleep and get well, some- Steven could have done so many good things in the in the past three hours. So could we, man. We we all could have. We all could have. We, uh, we were forced to. <laughs> it's true. O'ne- O'Neal Grisham uh, says, blow it up. You can't. You live financially, you can't. Yeah, I would blow. What do you mean by blow it up? Like, blow it up, fire everyone? Like, is that this? Get that rid the of Rodgers, you can't. Get, get rid of Rodgers, like, you can't. The Jets can't blow it up. They have, they don't, obviously, I'm not saying they can't fire anybody, but one, they're not going to. And two, they're stuck with Rodgers next season. Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. So you either bring in a completely new regime for one year of Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, you're stuck with Aaron Rodgers for a year. Playoff mandate, too. Yeah, yeah, with a playoff mandate, exactly, essentially. Or you just stick it out with this regime. If it works next season, great. If it doesn't, which I, I don't want to put any predictions out there, but there's a lot that's working against it for working next season, uh, then you fire everyone, and then it's a new regime. And that would suck, and I'd feel really bad for Robert Salek I don't think he deserves this, and I think I would like to see him get another shot as a head coach in this league if it doesn't work out with the Jets. But hey, man. You got to win games in the NFL, and they're not winning games. And you could blame Joe Douglas, you could blame Robert Sala. Ultimately, it falls on everyone. And I get the the urge to want to blow it up now, but unfortunately, this this is how it is. And it's going to be like this for the rest of the season. And they're going to run it back with a very similar team next year. Steven again says, uh, "We'll be interesting to see how JD handles the draft, looking like it's a top ten or maybe top five pick." Uh, if I had to bet right now, a hundred percent, I think they're going to trade down. Really, Obviously, losing the pick from Rodgers. And I think they're going to say, I genuinely think their reason is going to be, we have a good roster. Aaron Rodgers got hurt, number one. Our offensive line, number one, all got hurt. And then our depth all got hurt. Like, the, I, I think they're going to lead on that. Because de- defensively, they don't need to touch it. The, the defense, I know Jordan Whitehead is not very good, and he kind of stinks. But, like, you can't have 11 above-average players all on one defense. Like, whoa, whoa, generally, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, whoa. Don't, don't say that Jordan Whitehead stinks. He's going to quote tweet you. He's going to call you out on Twitter. Don't do that. Oh, don't give up eight touchdowns and I won't do that then, Jordan. He's totally going to find my tweet. I know it's happening. Generally, like you, if the Jets didn't pick a single defensive player, I'm fine in this draft. Like I oh, think yeah, they I really agree. think the, the roster 1-53 to 53 is really good. What we need are just reinforcements at a bunch of key areas. So we don't need to spend the seventh pick on alignment. We can trade down, get the 15th pick on alignment, maybe get a second back, get a receiver. Just go lineman, receiver, lineman, receiver. One, two, three, four. I wouldn't hate that strategy. That, that's what I would do, but I'm not Joe Douglas, and I think the Jets might be worse off for that. I think it's going to depend on how they view this offensive tackle class because right now I feel like the general consensus, I mean, you could you could argue there's a few other guys out there like Mims from Georgia and stuff, but I feel like the general consensus is that there are two top tackles in this class. Joe Alt from Notre Dame, Olo Fashanu uh, from, from uh, Penn State. Um, yeah. So th- there's, there's a couple of tackles up there that I feel like 
if you have the chance to draft them, I'm not sure the Jets are going to pass that up. Because I'm looking at that free agent class of tackles, it's not good. It, and not that it ever is good, because rarely do you see top-level tackles hit, hit the open market, but it's not good. And realistically, right now, you might need two new offensive tackles this offseason. I think there's a decent chance they bring back Becton uh, partially because, honestly, partially because he has developed such a friendship with McKay, with, with Aaron Rodgers. I could totally see Aaron Rodgers being like, hey. No, not, I don't want to hear about friendships anymore. I, I saw somebody joke about it on Twitter, and I was like, oh, my God, you're right. We are literally seeing a new Aaron Rodgers guy develop in front of us, and it might be Mekhi Becton. That said, what even – What kind of evil, like, succubus, seductive spell does he have on people? I mean, well, that's what happens when you if when you surrender. Run, if he comes to shake your hand, turn and run. Now, why would you? You've got, you've, tank. you've got a guaranteed job in the NFL for life if you, or at least as long as he's here. If you do that, that how does that help me though? It helps you. Okay. How does it help me? I'm saying for them, it makes sense. For us, no. But I, yeah. I will say, in in the, like ignoring the Rogers factor, it does make some sense. Now, I don't think they're going to give him a long term extension, but I can totally see a short term deal for Mackay Beckton. Maybe a franchise tag, although that would be very expensive. I'm not sure they would do that. If they ta- tagged him, it would be like when the Jags tagged Cam Robinson, where it's like, all right, this guy clearly does not deserve what he's being paid, but it was either this or he's going to probably get some long-term extension from another team. I don't think with Beck, because with Beckton, he has the injury issue. I don't think any team is going to give him a long-term extension. So I think realistically, he's looking at a one or two prove, like two-year prove-it deal or he gets tagged. And I can see them bringing him back and then drafting a top tackle um, because I just I don't know what other ways there are to improve the offensive tackle uh, position this offseason. But I, I can see them trading down. I think right now I would expect them to stay put and draft the tackle, but they do need more picks. They only have five, so it makes sense. Brian and Chad, if the Texans took sauce over Derek Stengler, not only is Joe Douglas fired after 22, there's a good chance he never works again. I mean, I will say this, like because literally the 2022 draft class is the only – literally the only good class he's had. And no. obviously, Sauce will do a massive pick, but also Matt Mellon picked Calvin Johnson. So, like sometimes guys, sometimes guys get a little lucky here. I, I would say that. I mean, like obviously, yes, that is the only good class he's had. But damn, is that a good, like a great class? I I don't know if I agree with that because even aside from the Sauce pick, like Garrett Wilson at ten was an amazing pick. Jermaine Johnson trading back into the first round to get him in that same class that looks like an awesome move. Brees Hall in the second round. I know he struggled the last few weeks. That's still a great move. I still think that's a great class even without Sauce Gardner, but obviously with Sauce, it makes it what it is. Also, I don't think he wouldn't have a job in the NFL. Howie Roseman would give him a call. Eric DaCosta and Ozzie Newsom would give him a call. So he's got connections. He'd get a job somewhere. I don't know. Freaking Ryan Grigson is still like, he's like almost, he's like number two for the Vikings right now. Look at Trent Baalke, like in Jacksonville. Like you could be a bad GM and still get another job. And what do you know? You know what happened? Trent Baalke got a quarterback. People like Trent Baalke now. Yeah, I know. He's he's actually like held in high regard in Jacksonville right now. That wasn't That's in San Francisco. How that works. Uh, one another one from uh, from Justice Short. Uh, Rogers would have had Lazard, Wilson, and Uzama. He would have been dominating. I think we would have been nine and three. I mean, I don't know about dominating, but better, a lot better, probably. Yeah, I agree. Another one from uh, our our new pal Ed here. Uh, so the entire team just needs to tolerate management doing nothing at quarterback. GM is 17 and 45 after the Mac year. They didn't do nothing. They would have traded for Aaron Rodgers. That's something. Like they didn't do it, nothing. It, yeah, they tried. To, I mean, nothing at quarterback after Rodgers. Yes, yeah, that's, that. that's a problem. But yes. like they, they tried. They tried and that, then an yeah. unprecedented injury happened. We, we both 100% agree and fault Joe Douglas a lot for not doing more to not only address the backup quarterback position in the offseason before Rodgers got hurt, but after Rodgers got hurt. 
but to say they did nothing at quarterback, I mean, they, they, they traded for Aaron Rodgers. Like they, they tried, like they tried. And this is not me trying to defend Joe Douglas. I think he had a very, very bad off season. Uh, but like, you can't say he did nothing at quarterback. The, the tough part too, is I, there's going to be more quotes too. Cause I can't even imagine being on that offense right now. It's gotta be so depressing. No, I feel I, because either here. one of two things is happening. Either you're playing well, like Garrett Wilson. Actually, I thought Lake and Tomlinson is for all of the injuries around him, because the offensive line sometimes it can be it's hard to have one really good offensive lineman and four bad ones that all kind of seeps into another. I thought he has admirably held his own. So if you're a guy like that or like a Garrett Wilson and you're not the problem, and you got to watch everybody else screw up, it's got to be driving Garrett Wilson crazy. Or the other part is if you are the problem. And your guys like Tim Boyle or some of the new guys who come out of the clown car every single week to play on the offensive line. I barely even know what the starting combination is half the time because they literally are mixing and matching that much. I mean, it's got to be horrible for them, too, because they know that they're struggling and they don't have the, the resources they need to succeed right now. And they got to go out there every week and get pummeled in close games. And at a certain point, too, like I know they've had so much offensive line turnover, but Keith Carter needs to catch a lot of heat, man, because there are teams. I don't think there's a team that has had the injury luck that the Jets have had this offseason on the offensive line. But there are teams that are pulling guys off the street who do look better and more competent than what the Jets have put out there. It's it's bad. Like what offensive lineman on this roster has gotten better throughout the season? I wouldn't even say Joe Tippmann has. I don't know. I don't think any of them have. I think every single player on the offensive line has either met or more than likely Fallen short of expectations this season. You could say the same with Becton. You could say the same. I mean, Tomlinson for, I know he stayed healthy and that is by far his best trait is he can stay healthy and that is great. And we should continue to count our blessings that he is staying healthy. And, and Tipman moving positions as a rookie. That doesn't help. It. No, it doesn't help. I'll give him credit. Like grading on a curve, I like what he's doing. Oh yeah. I, Joe Tipman has shown enough to me that I think he will be a long-term starter in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be an all pro, but I think right now he's a long-term starter and he should be your week one starting center next season. That shouldn't be a debate. Uh, but I mean, we've seen someone like Max Mitchell. He's regressed this season. He's gotten worse. Like he was, I don't think he was as good as some fans tried to think, like say he was last year, but he showed that he was an NFL caliber tackle. I mean, right now, dude is unplayable. Like, he's completely unplayable. So I, I think Keith Carter deserves to catch a lot of heat as well. We got a, a, Unfortunate quote here from Garrett Wilson. It makes me sad. Oh, I don't even. But this is gonna just make me sad. What is it? It's gonna make you sad because it's it like he was asked about be, uh, being open as often as he was and not getting the ball. And unfortunately, you know, he he of course, as he does, because he's Garrett Wilson, has to blame it on himself. And he said, "I can do a better job of communicating out on the field." No, <laughs> so no. What I, think, what I think Garrett Wilson is saying is that whenever he's open, he should stop in place, do some jumping jacks, stand there, and kind of be like, "Hey, I'm open." Throw to me the ball. That's what he's saying he should do. And I think he's kind of right because maybe they would throw him then. I don't think he'd be open. People don't like diva wide receivers. You know, Keyshawn Johnson, give me the damn ball. Garrett Wilson, if he did that, I would not fault him. He should do that. I'm advocating for it at this point. I agree. I he has every right to just be so pissed. And he he probably is. He was if if he had a competent quarterback playing football with him today, he probably goes for 175 yards. That's not an exaggeration. There were multiple plays where he's streaking downfield like a six should be a 60-yard gain. Nope. They don't even see him. Tim Boyle doesn't see him. Trevor Simeon doesn't see him. Whoever it is at quarterback. I feel bad for him. Ron Plasky has a comment that intrigues me because it he kind of is he seems like he's arguing with himself in this comment. Joe Douglas created this mess. Fair. With Aaron Rodgers, this team wins a few more games. Correct. So many mm-hmm. flaws, it's ridiculous. So it, it I'm I'm confused as to where this is going. Like, yes, Douglas created this mess, 
And if a guy who didn't miss a start for seven years didn't have his leg explode, they're in the playoffs, and there's no talk about Douglas's resume or his Robert Talia. None of this at all. I understand the sentiment because I, I do think that Joe Douglas made his bed after the Aaron Rodgers injury. The Aaron Rodgers injury was unfortunate, but he made his bed in the offseason and during the season because there were a lot of flaws with this offense that Rodgers going down just kind of amplified. And then they had opportunities to address those flaws after Rodgers went down, and they didn't. They didn't address any of them. They signed to fix the offensive line. They signed Roger Saffold, who might be missing. I'm not sure if he exists. Wasn't he supposed to be activated immediately? You, you would have thought. They, they signed Roger Saffold, presumably not just for depth, because they were like, all right, we need a guy who's not just some random practice squad guy to play right guard. Clearly, he's not ready to play or he's been bad at practice. Whatever. It's been a that's, month. That's, it's been over a month. That signing looks like a complete mess. They signed Trevor Simeon to be their veteran quarterback that would hopefully give them an extra depth piece after Rodgers went down. And presumably at the time, the presumption was he'd be starting in a few weeks. He still has not started a game. And today is the first time that we had proof of his existence since he was signed. Like, they made moves to address those positions. Those were their moves. Like, that's it. They didn't make any trades. They didn't make any other uh, additions. That, that was what they did. So I agree to an extent that Joe Douglas created this mess because while obviously you can't plan for Aaron Rodgers going down, you could have had a better plan at backup quarterback. You could have had a better plan at wide receiver. And you could have addressed those needs after Rodgers went down. They didn't. I, I think the point I'm getting at, and maybe this has come across, but like, because, again, I'm very much – I don't know if I'm ready to fire everybody. I'm certainly not ready to fire Salah. Hackett, obviously, if, the fact he's not fired now drives me crazy. And I'm not always like a blame-the-coordinator guy, but sometimes it is blame-the-coordinator time, and it, Hackett has some problems. But the, the thing I have is like I keep saying it again and again. Like, fired coaches are coaches that should be fired because they're not performing well. Like, even when they're winning, it's obvious that they're not doing a good job. Like, Brandon Staley. Or remember Adam Gase, his first year, like more like six in a row at the end. Like even when he was winning, you could tell it was not a well-coached team. It was not a good team. Like they should be, it should be very obvious. With Salah, it's not because literally the reason Salah's struggling is not the defense, which he built. The reason that he's getting, oh, they should be fired is the offense, which A, is not the quarterback he wanted because he wanted Aaron Rodgers and he hasn't had a quarterback ever. And B, now he's playing his fourth quarterback in 14 weeks. Like I, I struggle to think how that's, how that's Salah's fault. Like he, he could have said trade for Kirk cousins or somebody. He could have been, he could have been saying that with Joe Douglas every single day. He, he's not the final say on those things. You so I, to, that's where I feel bad for him. He's almost like a patsy in some regard. You want to blame Salah for anything, blame him for a terrible, terrible offensive coaching staff, because that's what it is. It's an awful offensive coaching staff. And if you want to say, Oh, like Rogers brought certain guys in, he brought Hackett in or, he didn't bring Hackett in, but they hired Hackett with the presumption that they would probably trade for Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure that that played a factor. Uh, you could blame him for a terrible offensive coaching staff because it is a bad offensive coaching staff. You could blame him for a very conservative mindset that I think holds them back on offense as well. But you can't blame him for the personnel on offense sucking. Like they, It's just they don't have the personnel on offense, and the offensive coaching staff is just really bad. Like, I don't think Rico, that that's Rico grounds. Gomez, fire everyone, and hire who? Give, give yeah. me a name. All right, new rule. Jet press chat rule. If you say fire everybody, please name an alternative. I like that rule. And don't just say, and uh, our, uh, Ben Johnson's the, the <laughs> uh, name that's hot. I'm almost gonna say don't say Ben Johnson because I feel like he's the default answer. And he's a third. He's younger than Rogers, and he's a coordinator. And he's been a coordinator for a year and a half. 
fight you you have to give a realistic option like hi, fire everyone okay hire ben johnson that's not realistic that's not gonna happen like they're not jim harbaugh i've heard too all right don't he can't be in either so jim harbaugh man i i feel like woody would go, if it wasn't for rogers he being here i could totally see woody going all in on, on harbaugh this offseason if it was like in a situation where they don't have a planet quarterback and they get a they're gonna fire everybody i would not be stunned if woody was not like hey let's bring jim harbaugh to new york but also Rodgers hates Jim Harbaugh too because of well that's what I'm saying if Rodgers wasn't here. If Roger Rodgers because Rodgers would dictate who the head coach is. Rodgers would never ever want to work closely with a head coach with as as strong of a mind and, and will. And that's not even a compliment about Jim Harbaugh because I don't particularly like Jim Harbaugh as a person, but Jim Harbaugh rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Aaron Rodgers rubs a lot of people the wrong way. That that would not mix. That would not work well. Justice Short says, fire hack and hire me. Boom. I mean, why not at this point? You're hired. No, Justice, you're hired. You're in. RMO, all right, actually, fire hack and get the Bills' former OC, Ken Dorsey. All right, that's it. Finally, somebody talking sense. Yeah. I mean, it's actually Ken Dorsey. People go, oh, the Bills' offense looks better since he got fired. They're doing the exact same stuff. Tendency-wise, play. they're doing the exact same things. Yes. Like, Ken Dorsey legitimately, I think, is a good offensive coordinator. He's not perfect, but, I mean – Better than Hackett. Not a high bar to clear, but he's a lot yeah. better than Hackett. And you know what? His offense, I think, would mesh well with Rodgers. It's vertical. It, it it prioritizes getting the ball to your number one guy an inordinate amount, Diggs, Garrett Wilson. Like, that's a legitimate answer, not just hire Jim Harbaugh. I saw people say Rex, bring Rex back again. Like, people are just throwing I've out the craziest so things. Jets Facebook loves Rex Ryan, and I, I appreciate you guys for that. But, man, do you guys love Rex Ryan? He's not coming back to the NFL in 2023, especially not as a head coach. I can guarantee you that. I, I want to get to a comment here from N- MTO in chat. This is actually – I like this point, and I wish people talked about it more because – he says that Hackett brought in Billy Turner, Randall Cobb, and Alan Lazard, in fairness. Those were as much Rodgers guys as they were his. I do think that Hackett had a significant say in that stuff. And everyone always blames Rodgers. And look, we've done that too. And I think it's fair. I think specifically Randall Cobb is the one where I'm like, all right, this is very clearly Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I don't think I don't think there's any other reason Randall Cobb's on a team. But, but Billy Turner. But also Lazard, too, though, I feel like even if they didn't have Rodgers or even Hackett, like, I feel like they would have gone after him. Like, you're a big guy. They need a receiver. I agree. And I think part of that was because of Hackett. Because Lazard played in Hackett's system. And he was probably like, hey, I can work with this guy. I've worked with him in the past. Trust connections in the NFL. I, I really think Hack or Lazard, as much, I think Lazard wanted to play with Aaron Rodgers. And that's partially why he signed with the Jets. But it's also partially because they gave him more guaranteed money than any wide receiver in uh, free agency this offseason. And I don't think any team was was topping their deal for Lazard. But I, I really think that Lazard was was a Hackett move as well. Uh, Billy Turner was definitely a Hackett move. As much as he might have a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers, no player has played in the NFL with Nathaniel Hackett more than Billy Turner. He even followed him to Denver. So I, I think that one was more of a Hackett move. Honestly, it comes down to both. Like both of them had influence in those decisions, but it's not like Aaron Rodgers. Like I I truly don't believe that Aaron Rodgers just sat there and said, "Hey, sign all these guys," except with Randall Cobb. (laughs) I do believe he did that with Randall Cobb, but I don't think with Lazard and Billy Turner and even Tim Boyle. I saw people saying Adrian Amos. Adrian Amos was not an Aaron Rodgers move. Adrian Amos was probably the top available safety uh, when Chuck Clark went down. That's why they signed Adrian Amos and they signed him to a veteran at veteran minimum. And not to go on a safety rant real quick, but Adrian Amos is probably the best safety in the Jets roster. I know why they cut him. I get why they did it. I'm happy for him. And I hope he signs on with a contender. But Adrian Amos is probably the best safety in the Jets roster. And I said that this past week. And a lot of people are like, oh, get out of here. No way. You watch Jordan Whitehead play football? Yes, I have. 
I've watched Jordan Whitehead play football. Jordan Whitehead has allowed twice as many touchdowns as any other safety in football this season. Tony Adams, sure, he'll be here next year. I'm happy he's still out there. He's not had a great season. I don't think he's been awful. I think he's been a better tackler than Jordan Whitehead, which is not saying much. Uh, but his coverage has been lacking. He's just overall, I think, had a bad season. Not to go on a safety right real quick. And Adrian, Adrian Amos isn't even on the roster anymore. Uh, but I just, I just wanted to get out that piece because we haven't gotten to talk about that. Uh, MTO, they traded Elijah Moore and propped up Miko Harbin as a replacement. He was buried for a cop. Elijah yep. Moore didn't want to be here. He pretty much requested a trade. And Agreed. he's got like, what, 400 yards in Cleveland this year? Like, I'm not losing sleep over Elijah Moore. I'm not, but I will say that the Hardman thing is absolutely correct. Like, they, they, yes, traded- that it drove me crazy. All yep. right. It's one thing if he plays and he sucks, they never, they never tried him. They, like, they traded for Hardman. Yeah. They, they basically said, hey, this is the, they literally, I'm pretty sure in, like they gave quotes to the media saying that he's a guy that they're hoping to count on this year as like a replacement for Elijah Moore. I'm, expanded they, role. They said expanded yeah. role. Expanded role. I don't think I'm making it up. I'm pretty sure they specifically said that he can help fill the void that Elijah Moore left. And like you said, in the MCO, he was buried for Randall Cobb. You're 100% right. And we, I, I just have to say this too. We've gone this long without really addressing that because thankfully the, the chats have behaved themselves and not brought this point up. But I'm just seeing a lot of people now who – well, you know, Zach Wilson is not all Zach Wilson's fault, huh? Like, this is what the offense looked like with Zach Wilson. The stat lines are the same. The problems are pretty much the same. Like, there's no improvement anywhere. So I just don't want to hear – like, that's the thing that I at least commend. We didn't say Tim Boyle was going to be great. No one said that. Trevor Simeon was going to be great. We said, try it because he might be better. Yeah. That's what we said. Try it because he might be better. I don't think either of us said try Tim Boyle. I, I, I if we did, it was out of pure desperation of well, clearly they're not going to go to Simeon, so you might as well try Tim Boyle. But neither of us thought that Tim Boyle would be a competent quarterback based on anything he has done at any level of football in his career. No, nope, nobody thought that. We wanted Simeon because Wilson's problems were he couldn't get the ball out quick and he was missing reads. Simeon, I we can't we didn't really see enough of him to really get an evaluation. He played one quarter for quiet, crying out loud. But it seems like he's been able to do that. And it looked like he kind of was, for a guy who had a week of backup role, uh, reps, excuse me, looked like he was doing okay in that area. Yeah. Nobody wanted Tim Boyle because he gives you nothing. Correct. Again, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again because it drives me crazy. A A quarter of the, an eighth of the league, an eighth of the league, four teams, some with Roger, some without him, believe he's a rosterable player. It's like, with the Nathan Peterman thing, apparently there is tangible evidence Nathan Peterman is this insanely great mind who just sucks. Like, he seems like a good third quarterback to have. I don't mind him going around there. But now I've seen Tim Boyle, and Peterman's obviously just very limited. You can see it when he plays. Like, Tim Boyle, there's nothing. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing. There's no – give me one reason. Tim Boyle – like, I don't think I say Tim Boyle fans are any, but, like, there's no – there's no justification to have him on a team. So saying that it's a win that Zach Wilson is better for him, that's that's not a win. I think I'm not even joking. Dead serious statement. I think quarterbacks who started in the XFL last year are better than Tim Boyle. Oh, I agree. Well, I, I, again, Tim Boyle is one of the worst college quarterbacks we've seen in a while. Like, yes, a, hundred, a lot of those guys in the XFL were at least good in college. Like, Jordan Tayamu and stuff. Like, come on. Like, these guys so are what, better. What Boyle. was it? Because I know Rodgers, right? All right. Like, Rodgers didn't know him beforehand. Like, and he didn't probably help him with the Lion signing or the Bear signing or something like that. What is it? Somebody tell me why he, why I need, I need a straight answer on this thing. 
the, the it's driving thing. me it's just driving me crazy i'm gonna turn into the joker because like it just defies logic and sense and football logic like it it's like we're in freaking bizarro world we're in hitre which is bizarro world's name for the comic book nerds because it's Not earth backwards story. get it oh creative <laughs> that's, that's great <laughs> I, the only thing i could think of with tim and it's not like this is not a defense at all like it's the mental thing with him like you said like they they think he's a, a a basically a glorified quarterbacks coach that's why i believe he's been on so many teams that said to then but his the knowledge field. looked bad because the quarterback coach yeah. sees the field really well he, he doesn't i genuinely think he can see the field well i just think he doesn't know how to play the position i'm sure when he watches it back he's like oh yeah i should have done that but when he's out there he can't do shit <laughs> Like, well, I can do that. I can watch the all 22 and go, oh, we had a guy open there and he missed him. That's well, I think know. obviously I think it's more than that. But yeah, I, I understand the sentiment. Look, I'm not arguing that Tim Boyle should be on, a, on an NFL roster. I truly believe that after his time with the Jets is done, hopefully, God, hopefully after this season, there's a chance he's back next year. You know that. Like there's a decent chance he's back. But let's just hope it's done after the season. I'm not sure he makes another roster and plays in another professional football game. I'm not just talking NFL. I mean CFL. I mean XFL. I mean USFL. I don't know if he plays in another professional football game. He's that bad. Hold on. I just want to get Zach Wilson doesn't have an lost the game today. Did, no, hold on. It, it, it's you sarcastic. watching the Raiders game and you got it's confused? Sarcastic. If you've seen some of his chats, there was one really, there was one earlier that made me laugh. Uh, here it was. It's all sarcasm. He said O-line was great. Hackett made great calls. Running game was amazing. It's all Zaxwell. It's all sarcasm. Uh, again, okay, and he also good. Says, thank you. I'm so blinded by rage, I missed the sarcasm. Of and then after this, Boyle threw a dime for the interception, keep him in there again. Nobody argued with Tim Boyle, man. And Jesse Bates, I, right in stride, man. Scrooge, I do appreciate you. This is making me laugh. This is funny. Uh, nobody I argued. Didn't, I thought it was serious, I didn't catch on. I'm like, nope, no, nobody, what? nobody, nobody argued for Tim Boyle. Uh, Tim Boyle is not an NFL caliber quarterback. Trevor Simeon, at least, is a track record. Again, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go off what we said earlier, Trevor, Trevor Simeon is a track record. I'll say this right now. I'll say this on the show. I don't think this should be a controversial take. If Trevor Simeon starts next week and he plays like dog shit, I will be the first one to come on here and say that the Jets should start Zach Wilson the next week because I believe that Zach Wilson is a better option than Tim Boyle, and I'm not sure that anybody can make an argument against that at this stage because at least he has upside. At least he gives you something. You don't get anything from Tim Boyle. Trevor Simeon, you're hoping he could be competent. If he's not competent, there's no reason to start him because you don't have the upside of Trevor Simeon. You don't have the, the mobility. You don't have the escapability, which you really need behind this offensive line. Now, he's more mobile than Tim Boyle, but again, that's not saying much. My dead grandmother might be more mobile than Tim Boyle. That's not saying anything. Okay, My not to live grandmother assuredly is. So <laughs> there you go. Not to be morbid for a second, but like if, if Trevor Simeon completely shits the bed next week, assuming he does start, which I'm going to just assume he does. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, if he does, I'll be the first to say, yeah, Zach Wilson should be starting. But you can't tell me that after how bad Zach Wilson had played and how more specifically the offense was, how bad the offense was with Zach Wilson, that it wasn't worth giving a shot to Trevor Simeon. It wasn't worth giving a shot to Tim Boyle. Never argued it was. That was never our argument. But it was worth giving a shot to Trevor Simeon. But yeah, I, as Brian in chat says here, who cares about next week? I, I honestly don't. I agree. Who cares about next week? We should be playing uh, Boyle to get a better draft pick, give Garrett Wilson the rest of the season off if he wants to get a head start on his vacation. Yeah, man. Why not? Why not? I mean, it sucks. Obviously, you know, I, I know we're being facetious here. Obviously, it's not going to happen. But 
It realistically, we got a we got a winner comment from our UK guy, uh, Stephen right. Farrell. Even Tim Boyle's name is boring and crap. He sounds like the guy who worked as a printer cartridge manufacturer for 35 years. I'm not even lying. Uh, I'm currently in an NFL Pickums league uh, where there's a guy in our league named Tim Boyle. I don't know who he is, but his name is Tim Boyle. So maybe, maybe, I mean, hold on, hold on, thinking out loud here for a second. Maybe I can show, I could like take screenshots of Tim Boyle's name in our chat. This is there's money on the line. This is a betting league. Maybe I can send screenshots to the NFL and they could do some kind of investigation. And maybe we can get Tim Boyle off the team that way. That that ah, I'm thinking, thinking kind of kind of Calvin Ridley frame him, you know, like dude, just something like that. Hundred uh, thousand IQ play right there. I mean, some quarterbacks just you know pass the name test. You know, Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud, Tim Boyle. <laughs> you know, Tim like Boyle's something a, about like I can't Tim envision Tim Boyle's a mechanic in Aurora, Colorado. That's that's what Tim Boyle is. Tim Boyle's like a CPA, is what he is. <laughs> in, in Clovis, New Mexico. Clovis, New Mexico. I don't even know what, is. <laughs> what is Clovis, New Mexico? So I remember I went to the Grand Canyon once, and we like drove through a bunch of middle of nowhere towns, like near Route 66 and stuff like that. And I remember there was this one town actually. It was called Searchlight, Nevada, because we were flying back to Vegas to fly out. And literally, because Vegas is almost in like a crater. Literally, it was like the old west. You pulled up. There was Main Street, which had like a general store, like a post office and two other things. There was like a plot of land with like 20 houses behind it. I'm like, people live here? What the hell? Tim Boyle like, lives there. Tim Boyle probably lives there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where he's at. Yeah. Do, do we right, I think look, that's enough. Now that we're officially delirious. I think do we, we want to look ahead at all to next week or do we want to just go on? Like, do we want to look ahead and briefly preview the Texans game or do we want to just say? All right, let's preview it. Uh, the Jets can't score points. CJ Stroud's really good. CJ Stroud's probably going to get two touchdowns in this game. The Jets are going to score six points and the Jets are going to lose 17 to six. And then Sal's going to say we're not quite there right on a quarterback. And he's going to say we're not considering firing Hackett. There, I just saved you. Go, go take your significant other out for a date or something like that. Go apple picking or whatever the hell people do when they don't have to watch football at these times of year. Go, go do that. Go spend more time with your kids. Like it's something. <laughs> I want to disagree, but I can't. I, I, also, I just I, we're four, fifty-six minutes in, and we haven't said the the best offensive stat for the Jets this season, which is that they have more safeties than overall touchdowns in the first quarter uh, this year. That was said on the Fox broadcast. That is an amazing stat. I just I wanted to point that out. I felt like we I, couldn't. I love that they have seven passing touchdowns and three safeties. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's oh. numbers that you don't even think like people go, oh, video game numbers. Like these numbers are impossible to fudge even in Madden. What was the, the second? You can't so, do these things. What was the third safety? So the Bryce Huff in the Chiefs game, the Giants game was the other safety, right? Or no, I'm lying. What was the other safety? It was it. Well, the Chiefs game was one. Yeah, the Chiefs game tonight, and then was there one in the Broncos game or something, or what? There was an Al or Al Wood safety, right? The Al Wood safety. That yeah, was yeah. Broncos game. That was Broncos game, right? Yeah. So that means what week was Broncos? I'm trying to touchdown to safety. That was, week, that was five. week five. All right. Okay. So from week four to week five, the Jets had twice as many safeties during that time as they've had touchdowns over the last five weeks. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. How many passing touchdowns have they had since that safety? From, like two? from week from week four to week five, the Jets had two safeties. From week eight to week thirteen, they had one touchdown. 
And it was in garbage time. And it was in garbage well, I guess week nine, because they had the one touchdown in week eight. So from week nine to week 13, they've had one touchdown, and it was completely garbage time. From week eight to week 13, they've had one non-garbage time offensive touchdown. It, it, how? <laughs> I, oh, my God. I'm losing my marbles here. And we gotta we gotta bring back the stats from what was the what we do last week the 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 not the wraps the wrap the, 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 the Jets wraps. You gotta <laughs> cool with that name, man. We're gonna get a claim on here. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get banned by YouTube for our for our Jets YouTube or our Jets uh award show. Thank you. I wanted I wanted to say the name again. Anyway, yeah, I think you're right. That's a good preview for Texans. I can't disagree with that. I want to disagree with anything or with with something you said, but I can't. I completely agree. I think you're spot it's on. It's a shame because I like watching Stroud and this offense. Like, Stroud and the offense versus this defense will genuinely be really fun to watch. Like, really? Again, I feel like a lot of people actually just don't like football. They just like talking about quarterbacks. But, like, if you actually like football, C.J. Stroud and that offense against that defense schematically, at, even without Tank Dell, who fortunately broke his leg, would feel bad for yeah, Tank Dell. But that's awful. Yeah, but even without that, that's going to be such a fun matchup. I can't even enjoy that. Because I know what the other end's going to be. Will Anderson's going to have 14 sacks. So I guess rooting guide moving forward, rooting for the Giants, rooting for the Bears, rooting for Washington, the Commanders. I guess rooting well, for the Cardinals. There's no spot. chance they get number one, so it's just – Right uh, now the Jets would pick seventh. That's where they would pick right now. Because the, the Titans uh, lost, but I guess the Jets now have, I guess, restrained the schedule. They, are, uh, they pick ahead of the Titans. So that's something, I guess. Root for the Giants, root for the Bears, root for the Commanders. We're back looking at Tankathon. We're back looking at mock drafts. At least it's December, but I guess we were doing that in November too. By the way, Joe Flacco is 10 of 15 for 114 and a touchdown against the Rams right now. All right, it's time to call it quits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the show. God, this is a sobering experience. We're all involved. <laughs> yeah, man, this is rough. Hey, we, we, first of all, we always appreciate you guys. Even when the Jets are terrible, you guys are still popping in chat and and – Talking Jets with us. You guys probably have so many better things to do. I, I truly believe that. But thank you for spending your Sunday afternoon, evening with us. Always appreciated. We will continue to talk, uh, unfortunately, about this team. We'll continue to rant. We'll continue to to just cope together uh, about this disgrace of an organization that we call the New York Jets. How do you really feel? I think I just said it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I feel. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it, Mike. You want, me to, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, I think so, man. I, I, yeah. I haven't a tear left to shed. <laughs> With that being said, thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Mike Luciano. Follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow the Jet Press at the Jet Press. Download the Jet Press podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Spotify, all that stuff. Always shout out Overcast. We always got to make sure. Also, check us out on YouTube and TikTok. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do at this point. You've been with us for a while, and we always appreciate it. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and live immediately following every single Jets loss for the remainder of the season. Thank you all for listening to Jet Press Podcast. I've been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. We will see you guys on Wednesday. I'll, I'd say welcome to hell, but I feel like Jets fans have been there for a while, man. This is fun times for the Jets. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.